Welcome to the College Football Bros. It's despicable, the narcissist in him. Some people think they're God. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, we wanted to catch up on a couple of big news items that we missed last week. Of course, uh, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher were going at it. We had some people on Twitter and Instagram asking uh, where our thoughts were on it, because, of course, everyone values our thoughts immensely, I'm Clearly. sure. <laughs> and uh, also Jordan Addison uh, choosing USC. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that one later. But let's start with the, the really big one, uh, uh, Jimbo and Saban. So Saban at an event with Boosters claimed that Texas A&M bought every player in their class. Jimbo responded with one of the all-time great press conferences in college football history. He called yeah. Nick Saban a narcissist, strongly implied <laughs> that Saban had cheated in the past, said they, A&M didn't buy one player. Oh, NIL Collective? Oh, I, you know, I don't know much about that. You know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so what were your guys' thoughts on this, the, the, the whole craziness? Just a couple of babies going at it here i mean <laughs> as a as a as a teacher it reminds me of a conversation i'd have with a couple of students in class it'd be like billy's billy comes up and he's like ah, it's not fair david always cheats he's a big meanie and then you know Bill, billy or david would respond like oh yeah well you're a bully you know you're a bully you're a big fat bully it's like well <laughs> let's both talk about this guys is it really that big of a deal right can we can we come to a level playing field on this let's talk it out um Totally reminds me of that. It's not a good look for either of them. I mean, from Nick Saban's point of view, come on, man. Like, you've had the number one class for like 10 years, and you're telling me you didn't do anything that was a little bit shady? Come on now. Let's be real. And as far as Jimbo, like, hey, man, just do it with class. <laughs> like, be proud of the fact. Don't get all defensive about it. Be like, yeah, we got the number one class. So, you know, just I would just kind of let that speak for itself rather than just get all weird about it. Yeah, I mean, Jimbo definitely came across as having some some thin skin, just because we've seen him in the past too. There was like he was referring to a uh, a message board poster named Slice Bread, and he got defensive of that a little while back. <laughs> and now, now with Nick Saban, like I'm not saying what uh, you know what Saban said was appropriate or necessary. He should have said it better, 100. I just think there's the media kind of ran with with the 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 quote of saying he, he they bought their class but i think there was a little bit of context necessary because he was talking to like you said michael some alabama boosters i think he wanted to kind of boost his own uh nil collective at at bama amongst the, that group so uh you know but either way i'm not saban shouldn't have really maybe phrased it the way he did but it, but i agree with you ryan like Jimbo should have maybe embraced and lauded A&M's NIL yeah. collective and the success that they were able to have another great class. Um, you know, I'm not on really either person's side here. Just could have been handled differently. And, you know, Jimbo, he really better hope that he did everything proper because <laughs> he was doubling and tripling down how he's clean and referenced Saban not yeah. being. Like, that could really end up making him look bad down the road if it's not. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think both sides had said good things and bad things for sure. I think Saban, part of it, you're right, Trey, was probably part of that speech was trying to rally the troops uh, in terms of maybe getting their NIL game uh, up to par. I think Saban also this is just kind of complaining. I don't think he likes yeah. the way that college football is going right now and him having to potentially now have to adapt his recruiting style, which had worked so well. And now if he's having to kind of yeah. get into bidding more, that's Maybe not uh, not what he's super thrilled about, but uh, I can also see why why um, 
Jimbo's upset because, yeah, from his perspective, it's like, hey, I took advantage of these new new rules better than you are. And now that, you know, you didn't get the number one class and I did, you're out there calling me. He didn't say the word cheater, but when you say that they bought every player and yeah, it's against the rules to buy recruits, then, you know, it's it's yeah. kind of calling him a cheater. So I could see why he was uh, upset. But it's I think ultimately, Michael. this all comes... It's despicable. No, I think the the main problem here is not with either of them. It's just with the fact that we have a system where the rules are very unclear. There's there's hardly any rules, so there's kind of a push and pull between teams like A and M, who clearly decided we're going to push the envelope. Or we don't know that, but there's you know there's been athletic articles about You're pushing a lot of envelopes, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's true. That the yeah. collective yeah. has been, but um, but yeah, where they're going to be more aggressive with NIL, and is that okay? I mean, they Jimbo, and I'm sure they're the collective's lawyers have crossed every T, dotted every I, to where they think that they are um, complying with the rules. Where I'm sure Saban might disagree, but he's probably going to start playing that game even more aggressive now that he sees yeah. what you can get from it. So yeah, it's just kind of we have a gray area in the rules, and so. I think schools are struggling. How far do we push the envelope? Yep. All right. And also another thing about it is it's kind of hard to draw the distinction. Like if you're going to have NIL, if, if everyone's okay with players at the schools getting NIL deals, then it's almost, it's, it's like I said, it's really hard to draw this distinction between are you using it to induce recruits? Because if A&M, let's say all they said was, Hey, here's what, you know, defensive linemen yeah. are making at our school, or here's what former five-star defensive linemen are making once they get here. Is that inducing? You know, if he doesn't sign anything, he doesn't no, explicitly they're say not offering, right? They're just saying they're yeah, showing they're some saying, facts. Yeah, there's just, just no facts. way to monitor. There's no, <laughs> there's no way to monitor. It's gonna, it's good luck, NCAA, trying to be like, oh no, you can't do this. No, dude, this just listen. If they're not getting any part of the revenue, pretty much everything else goes. Like, sorry, this is just the way it is now. So just you know get those nil deals going get the collectives going and have at it man yep. may the best uh bitter win yeah i have okay. no problem good for a&m yep i i agree i give him credit uh okay moving on to another uh conniving and deceitful head coach lincoln <laughs> riley uh getting wow. jordan addison from Pitt. jordan addison made his uh decision to to go to usc how big is this for the trojans trey I mean, it's it's big, and it's big for college football. I, I think it's going to be awesome to see him line up with the other skill position talent that SC has. Uh, I mean, it is unfortunate on the the pit side lose a marquee player, um, but that that's how it is today. I mean, but you got to think of it this way: Addison he lost his quarterback picket to the draft. His offensive coordinator Mark Whipple left for another school uh, to be offensive coordinator at Nebraska. His receivers coach left for another job for Texas. So, like, why couldn't he leave? Uh, he knows he could be a first-round pick next year. Why not give himself the best chance to to stay at that level or even improve that? Uh, he chose USC with a great quarterback. You also have to remember he had a f- little bit of a friendship with Caleb Williams because they're both from the D.C. area. So good for good for Addison, good for SC. Yeah, um, I, I think it's it's obviously big for USC. People have been talking about how great this USC offense is going to be, and. I always thought, of course, it's going to be at least pretty good when you've got Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams, but I just wasn't quite as high as people because I'd been saying this offseason, there isn't, there's a lot of talent in the receiving core, but there isn't anyone proven. Like anyone, I should say, anyone proven to be well, like no a Drake top London. 10. Not even close. There's not even anyone 
that right. at, that at least we know is is close to Drake London. Um, maybe not even a top thirty receiver in the country. Um, someone could emerge, but we we had to wait and see. Now we don't have to wait and see. Jordan Addison is, you know, easily a, a top five receiver in the country. Uh, has an argument to be the best. So pair him with Caleb Williams, Travis Dye. Now the only question mark on offense is the offensive line, but even that was better last year. So if they stay healthy, yeah. they they shouldn't. Uh, the, the ceiling is still extremely high. Well, that's the main thing for the USC's offenses. Can the O line stay healthy? There's going to be quite a drop off if they don't. But I think with the receiving core, it's just a perfect fit here for Addison because they needed a true number one, kind of like you were saying, Mike. They have good receivers, but they don't mm-hmm. have a Jordan Addison. You know, Terrell Bynum transferring in from Washington good receiver. Mario Williams coming from OU, good receiver. Taj Washington coming back. Um, Gary Bryant coming back. Like those are good, all good receivers. Um, I'm probably, I'm probably missing a couple guys too. Didn't they get a transfer yeah. from Colorado? Brendan anyways, Rice from they, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Right. So good, good guys, but now they can be second, third options where they'll, where those guys probably should be to, to be on like a top legit top 25 team. So it was, it was a huge, huge, huge get. Could push okay. them to talk to the you know, over the top to win the South. Yeah. Well, there is no South anymore. So oh, there is. It, wow, yeah. right. See, that's, that was more news we missed. The Pac-12 wow. pretty much got rid of divisions. The schedule is still the same, but yeah. now it's just the top two teams in Good the conference point. make the, the conference title. So that was pretty surprising that, because everyone's talking yeah. about that. Every conference seems to be moving towards that model and yeah. getting rid of divisions, you know, coming up with some sort of pod system and, uh, Pac-12 was the first to pull the trigger immediately. With uh, yeah, it's weird now that there's but their schedules are so unbalanced. But yeah, I, I wonder odd. how the scheduling will be in the future. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. Catching up on some news. Uh, we're gonna have uh, another episode on the feed, uh, both audio podcast and on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe both places, and we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.